What If the Len Bias Story, hosted by Jordan Ritter Khan, is The Ringer's latest narrative podcast? You can find new episodes every Wednesday on the Book of Basketball 2.0 feed. Here's a quick trailer. You've heard his name, Len Bias, 1980s phenom, second pick in the NBA draft. And then, cocaine, tragedy, one of the most shocking deaths in sports history. 35 years later, Bias's legacy is still making an impact. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, this is What If, the Lynn Bias story. I'm Jordan Ritter Khan. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome into the Ringerverse. This is, of course, the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. And we are Charles Holmes, the host of the Ringer Music Show, and Van Lathan, the host of Higher Learning with Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay. But together, we are known as the Midnight Boys. <laughs> all right, of course, you tuned into the Midnight Boys. That means we're giving you instant reactions, knee jerk responses and not quite thought out theories to the MCU Disney Plus show, Loki. All right? So join Mallory Rubin on Fridays. She's going to give you the more thought out deep dive analysis. There's a lot of good stuff going on over there. Uh, it's very soothing to listen to Mallory and her guests talk about the show. All right? They work through so many things. You find yourself soothed by Mallory and them, Chuck? Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm always impressed. It's like... It's like going to university and you're just sitting in the back. You're just having a good time. It's great. I love I love the House of Mal. Yeah, House of Mal every Friday. Shout out to Joanna Robinson uh, for joining last week. That was, ama- that was amazing. Also, check out Charles is here. Charles has an audio feature where he spoke to Tom Hiddleston um, and the entire Loki team. Now, when you, talk, when you talk to Tom Hiddleston, did you ask him about Taylor Swift? Man, no, I did not. I'm not, I'm not out here being a chatty mm-hmm. patty. Word up to Dame Dash. Patty, I'm patty. not... I, yeah, Chatty Patty. I want to know. You don't want to know? No, I ha- I have I have a weird relationship with Taylor. So honestly, we, me and Tom would probably agree. We'd be like, man, what's your relationship with Taylor? I just it's like for forever. Everybody's like, listen to her music, and I'm like, no, like I'm fine. Like I just don't need this in my life. And they're like, you don't have opinions on Taylor Swift. I'm like, I have none. I I, I honestly think it's racist that I have to have an opinion on Taylor Swift. Just leave it's me alone. racist. Wow, interesting. You got that James Dean daydream look in your eyes. I got that red lipstick on that you like. We can go done? back. Are you? Now <laughs> we come back every time because we never go out of style. That shit goes. I don't give a fuck. No, that honestly, one song, the weirdest thing, the weirdest thing that's ever happened in my life is, is that I'm a huge Kanye fan, even now. And I ended up dating like a Supreme Taylor fan, and I just just like the like the universe laughing at me. The timekeepers are like, ah, we got you. Yeah. So a lot of arguments in this household. Or so it goes. 
<laughs> you can't keep your wild ass. Oh, wait, on also, the Van. Road. Van, I got an update before we get into Nerd News Minute. What's the update? I did it. I am like a pre Super Soldier Steve Rogers in the gym. My entire body is on fucking fire. Mine is I, too. I, I literally like, I live in a fourth floor walk up and it legit probably took me 10 minutes to walk up. It sucks, <laughs> right? It's bad. Like, yeah. My ass hurts. Oh, these, guys were, these guys were making me do like these, uh, you know, because I said I wanted to get in shape and they're like, okay, we got to train your butt. And I haven't really been butt intensive in my life. And so now it's, it hurts to sit down. You know what I mean? It's like, Ooh. it's tough. No, but look, but look, we're doing it. Going to the bathroom, like, I got to do the old man, like, oh, like, uh. sit. like, I'll be honest, like, I'm working out my, my glutes, my hips, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but generally, women, they want their hips not to lie. My hips can lie. My they hips lie. would fail yeah. the fucking lie detector. It's very true. It's very true. All right. Now, um, check out Charles's audio feature. Also, stay tuned for even more surprises that we're going to have here on the Ringiverse feed because we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. There's a lot of movies dropping. And as soon as we drop, they drop, we're going to pick them up. Now, it is time to do something we haven't done in a little while, but we have to because there's been so much happening on the internets in the last couple of days and weeks. Let's do it. A Nerd News Minute. All right, so let's start off with the Suicide Squad trailer. Chuck Wagon, Two-Gun Chuck, did you watch the Suicide Squad trailer and what did you think? I did. I loved it. My hype was out of 10. It's still out of 10. The movie is going to be incredible. I honestly think James Gunn might be, like, that dude. Like, the, the best director of superhero cinema. Just, if he can land this, he might take the crown. He is, he's so good. You don't think that the Russos would have a, a claim to that? Hmm. Interesting. I like the Russos. I like what they did. But I wouldn't say any of the Russos' films. I respect the Russos' films for the scale and the fact that they could pull it off. Like, Infinity War Endgame. But none of those are actually, like, my favorite. Like, I don't put any of the Russo films in my top ten. Winter Soldier. Wait, did the Russos do Winter Soldier? Uh-huh. Okay, never scratch that. Fuck that. James Gunn has a lot more work to do. <laughs> he has a lot more work to do. Fuck that. Russo's. I also will say the Russo's, the work they did on Community, like... Bro, it's so good. So good. So actually, yeah. no, James Gunn has a lot more work to do. Uh, thank you for saving me for myself. But you know but you know what I do think you're right about, though? And maybe best isn't really the, the white way to put it, but maybe the most inventive or... How can you say? Okay, so the Russos are working with Captain America and the Avengers. Yeah. James Gunn is like, if, if Fat Suicide Squad is good, James Gunn is getting it done with like Guardians of the Galaxy, quirkier characters. It seems like he's a little bit more inventive. seems like he's a little bit, um, takes those different chances. But I put him right there in that Takawatiti character uh, like category right there. So yeah, but this trailer was great. The trailer was great. There was some controversy because people were saying that, you know, how could Bloodsport put Superman uh, in the in, in the ICU? He did it with a kryptonite bullet. You guys aren't reading your comics because that's that's actually canon. Um, but no, it was pretty good. On a scale of one to ten, what would you give the trailer? Would you, did you already rate that rank it? Uh, I don't know. I don't have any rating for the trailer. It's just like 
I, it's just, it sustained the energy. Um, and it made me actually care about the narrative. I was just like, through the other trailers, I was like, oh, this looks like a dope movie. And now I'm like, oh, like Idris might actually like kill this role in a way. It's two different characters, but in a way, maybe Will Smith didn't. And I did like Will Smith as Deadshot, but he didn't really have that much to do. I do think to your point though, one thing I think James Gunn can do that maybe like people like the Russos or other people, Nolan, whatever, all of the big superheroes can't do is he makes you believe in characters that have no business being on screen. Like he makes you, he makes Drax into a star. He makes yeah. Rocket Raccoon and Groot work. You're right. In a way, like I don't know if like the Russo brothers could have made Guardians of the Galaxy as well because James Gunn is very good at taking like the, a pocket of a universe and like just fucking up these characters that are like C-list at best. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm excited about Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. And it made me believe that a Suicide Squad movie could be good after the last Suicide Squad movie was all over the place. It had its moments um, and it was fun to watch at times, but it was all over the place. And so it, this kind of makes me believe that this movie actually could be something. Wait, really quick for you before we get off this? Sure. Because I just finished Harley Quinn. I just finished season two. You Loved like it. it. Mm -hmm. What do we feel about Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. I like her. After watching the cartoon, I was just like, damn, there's something about this version of Harley Quinn that I wish was carried over into the movies that I have not seen yet. And it made me want a little bit, a, something a little bit different from the next uh, iteration of Harley Quinn. Is that too harsh? No. Did you enjoy Birds of Prey? Uh, I watched it about 20 minutes and I was like, this is just not for me. This is not my wave. I, I dug it. I dug it. I think she does a good job. I think she obviously plays, she plays it a little over the top at times, yeah. but I think she's perfect for Harley Quinn. I think she does a good job and she's committed to the role. Everybody else is in the DCEU, out the DCU. She has uh, been the one constant, to be honest with you. Uh, she's coming back. She's coming back. She's coming back. She loves the role. This isn't, this isn't me saying that she doesn't deserve the role or she's bad. It's more so saying I would like to see in Suicide Squad if they can give her that extra little spice that like really defines Harley as a character instead of it being kind of like a, oh, like she's really good as Harley, but like after the movie, I'm like, I don't give a shit. So yeah, right. but cool. yeah, Yeah. Um, so they released all the DCEU costumes, Supergirl, Shazam, family. Uh, you know, they, they looked okay. Uh, the Supergirl costume is 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 comic accurate based upon the way Supergirl is being portrayed right now. But it looked good. I really couldn't care less about any of the DCEU costume <laughs> stuff until they give us <laughs> movies that we can enjoy. So, wow, that's harsh. What? No, that care. is that is so harsh. I dug the Supergirl costume. I thought it it's looked amazing. Costume. It's fine. Yeah, I don't care. I will say it didn't it didn't get me excited though. Like it didn't make me want to see Flash more. Wait, did did seeing photos of Michael Keaton though? As Batman excite you? No, because I know they can fuck it up. So it, it's like it, it's it, 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 it nothing excites me. What will excite me is being in a movie and being about forty minutes in and going, okay, this is entertaining. So let's make the film, make it good. You've lost DC right now has lost its excitement cachet. I know the Suicide Squad is DC. I'm hyped about the Suicide Squad, but it's almost different because they pulled in a Marvel ringer for it. So I look at it in a different way, but we're going DCEU. They got a, they got some work to do. So I'm they're almost like the 76ers at this point. You know, they flamed out mm. too many times, you know, in the postseason here. There's like, fool me once, shame on you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, and the last thing, Transformers Beast Wars. Whew. 
Woo! I love Beast Wars. Were you too old for Beast Wars? I was, but I watched it anyway. Beast Wars was incredible. So come on, mad early in the morning, and I would sit there with like a bowl of cereal, like, fuck it. Who cares? I'm 18. You were 18 when Beast Wars came out? I think so. I can't remember. Like, when did Beast Wars drop? Beast Wars came out in 1996, so I was four. I was 16 when it was when it came on. I was 16 when Beast Wars came on. I used to watch it. I don't care. I was in the 10th grade, 11th grade, waking up, watching Beast Wars. And now, guess what? I get to be excited. Transformers Rise of the Beast, directed by Stephen Cable Jr. from Creed II. The leads are Dominique Fishback, Love Turn Juice and the Black Messiah, and Anthony Ramos from In the Heights. Let's hope they got some dark-skinned Transformers. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> <laughs> ah, Anthony Ramos. Oh, they didn't put no dark skinned people in the movie. They fucking fucked that movie. Wow. Wait, have, have you seen In the Heights? No, I don't watch that type of shit. I, I'm going to be honest. I had to watch it for the regular music show. And part of me feels like, you know, for, for my darker skinned brothers and sisters, you dodged a bullet because that movie was trash. <laughs> so look, I did, I did watch, I, I did watch, uh, La La Land, though. And La La Land was fucking fantastic. Right? Like, what did you watch? Your La- oh, my God. La La Land was great, bro. I was in La La Land. Like, La La Land was... La La Land had me happy that I moved to Los Angeles and shit. Like, it, it, like La La Land was amazing to me. I can be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. La La Land was the best movie of that year. Whoa, 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 whoa. Over Moonlight? Yeah. Yeah. Oh Moonlight, Moonlight is a fantastic movie. My man Van wins an Oscar. He's hanging out with the white folks. He's getting invited to this and that. And now he's too good for some Moonlight. I see you. Moonlight is amazing. <laughs> La La Land was better. Like, Moonlight is so good, bro. And I was so happy when they won. So happy when they won. This is the most hater take ever. God well, damn. Whatever. I fucking said it. But anyway, back to Beast Wars, I will say, I feel like the younger folks will look at screenshots, like our screen grabs from Beast Wars, and not and be like, what were y'all on? This is this looks terrible. But back in the day, Beast Wars, it did the it thing. It was like cutting edge. Yes. <laughs> it, it was incredible. It's cutting edge. All right, that's enough. Uh, we went nerd news five minutes. That's fine. Um, so now we have to get into episode three. Of Loki, Loki, Loki time. Let's do it. That's <laughs> for Loki. So be, be, being that we're doing a Loki situation right now, we're about to get into it. Uh, we have to do it. We have to do it. Um, Steve, play our spoiler warning, please. We're getting ready to talk about the episode. You're listening to a reaction podcast. The spoilers are coming. So, we are ready. 40-second recap time. Steve, let's go now. We open up with Sylvie manipulating the mind of a TVA member in order to find out where the timekeepers are. She then steps into the TVA in an attempt to reach the gold elevators to the timekeeper chambers. Loki apprehends her and inadvertently transports them to Lamentus 1 during an apocalyptic event. With a broken tin pad, they attempt, to, they attempt to escape imminent doom and learn more about each other along the way. They board an escape train to discuss family tragedy and love. Loki gets drunk and starts a fight that gets them off thrown off the train. Looking for another way out, Sylvie reveals that the employees of the TVA are in fact former variants under the TVA's control. They then attempt to board the Ark and escape and fight their way through the crowded city just as they are. They're about to reach the main mirror strikes. Lovey and Sylvie remain stranded. 
Time. Was that even yeah. English, man? At the end, it wasn't. <laughs> I don't really know what you said near the end there. But what's the time, yeah. Steve? We got 36 seconds. Yeah, it counts. It counts. Woo. By the way, this is... I, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. This is the last time I let somebody else write the 40-second recap. I'm going to write my own because this is too long. You got details in here that fucking don't need to be in here, Steve. And I know what's happening. It's you and it's that fucking TD. This is all because of producer TD's plot to actually become one of the Midnight Boys. All right? Well, you, I, I'm, I'm, defending, I'm, I'm defending Steve here right now. Okay? Sure. Then, every single week, you want something different. You're like, who's writing my recap? Oh, y'all usually give me the recap. Oh, I don't want y'all to write my recap anymore. No, Damn, so just, uh, Steve did his I'm job. Changing. Okay? I'm changing it. I'm changing it. You I'm can't say thank you to Steve, though, for writing the recap? I said thank you before. I don't need to okay, listen. Can you say it on air? Instead of, instead of uh, uh, making fun of what was a good recap no, just because you couldn't read it? Steve told me that he was anti-critical race theory. So, <laughs> so before, whoa, whoa, so before whoa, this whole whoa, thing, whoa, whoa. Wait, 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 before this whole thing, like I get on, so just real quick, I get on the thing and Steve goes, <laughs> and Steve goes, I'm so sick of this. The first thing he says, he goes, man, you, your, your sound looks good. You look good. I'm so sick of this 1619 project. <laughs> It makes me sick that they're teaching this Yo. garbage in schools. Yo. I'm like, oh my God, wow. Steve, wow. what the hell? Out of nowhere? I mean, if you want to debate it on his merits, we can. But like, if you just want to throw that in there. So so anyway. Dan, so. get out of here. You you were talking about <laughs> La La Land was better than Moonlight. And now you're trying to divert and put it on White Boy it's a movie. Steve. It's I won't, a movie. I won't, I won't it's let a it movie. happen. I, I won't I, let it's it happen. A movie. I enjoy La La Land more than I enjoy Moonlight. Moonlight was um, an amazing movie. And for the rest it. of the pod, I can't take your opinion seriously. I'm sorry, Steve. You're still an ally. But I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Monolith. <laughs> Monolith groupthink. Okay. Quick overall thoughts on this episode. So, people generally beat me up. So, I'm going to try to say this in the most positive way I can. But at the end of this episode, when it ended, my first thought, like, I thought something was wrong. Like, I was like, wait, what? I was like, that's the episode? I, I was like, that's I, it? I, not even in a hater way, in a more so, like, I was, like, scrolling to see if there was, like, an after credit scene, if I missed something. I just, I was kind of confused. In, in <laughs> Van, what was your first thought? It was cool. The episode had its, its fun parts and its things that worked, and the things that worked really worked. I thought that the chemistry between Sylvie and Loki, which was the point of this episode, this is the episode along a journey where... Your two main characters are walking around and telling stories about the past and exchanging things that make them sort of tethered to one another. Yeah. Tethered the way two interdimensional Earths could be um, in a movie that's going to come out pretty soon. But so, <laughs> but yeah, overall, I felt just like you. When the episode was over, I was like, huh, that's it? And because it seemed like it was building to something that was going to make the episode have a little bit more weight. The way that it ended felt a little fillery to me. It felt just a tad bit like this was one of those sort of throwaway exposition episodes. Now, that doesn't mean that it, they didn't try some new things here. I think this one had more action than any of the other ones. But I personally thought that the action, for some reason, or a lot of fights that it actually detracted away from what I had liked about episodes one and two. Yes. The action wasn't very big. It wasn't very consequential. It was very kung fu fighting, hand-to-hand -hand combat style stuff. 
didn't really add anything to the episode. And it wasn't really that cool to see. I know people have been complaining about the fact that this didn't seem very much like a superhero show. Uh, this episode seemed like it was a little bit more of a superhero show and it didn't really work as much for me. Yeah, I think I the things that worked about the episode was definitely Loki, Sylvie fighting that relationship. I think the Sylvie character was great. What I think didn't work is that we spent two episodes caring about Loki and Mobius. It was all around them. And then when you introduce Sylvie, now I feel like I'm back at square one. It's almost like I'm watching a, another show again, like I'm watching a pilot. And I do think that not having Owen Wilson in this episode was probably the reason that I felt that way is because I was invested so much in like Loki and Mobius. And Sylvia, I'm like, I'm having to fall in love with her for the first time. And the actress did a great job. But I don't know if having two kind of slow episodes, because episode two is a little bit exposition themes, two people talking. And this episode was very much exposition themes, two people talking. There was even a point during the episode where I was like, they get on a train, get thrown off the train, then they have to walk to the arc, and then the arc explodes. And I'm just like, what was that journey all about? Like, what, what, <laughs> why did we go through this? Like, why did we spend a half hour on like this ride to almost nowhere? I think that's going to have to do with who comes back to get them. I think the TVA is probably going to end up having to come back and get them. Absolutely. And so being and so that just giving you a device for the TVA to come back and, and and get them. But once again, though, to your point, the whole thing about the arc is that they're on the arc, they get thrown off the arc, they got to make it back to the arc. It would have almost been better if they stayed on it. You know yeah. what I mean? If they stayed on it and then realized it wasn't going anywhere. But I'm not criticizing the storytelling as much as the episode. The episode was a good episode. I'm saying for me personally, for this show, which I think it has been has been the most adventurous, uh, and really to this point, three episodes in, maybe the best entry in the the Disney Plus series, uh, Marvel MCU stuff. This one just kind of felt like it was just sort of there a little bit. Yeah, it just exists. Well, the other thing too is that I feel like, at least with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier within the first three episodes, the world was expanding and we were we were going all over jet, jet setting, seeing all these different places. It felt like it was in the Marvel Universe. And I think the reason that maybe I dislike this episode is that it did not seem grounded in the universe that we love. This was a new planet, new characters, new background. The only person that I had known was Loki. So it didn't feel as much like it did anything for me in terms of like making me fall, keep falling in love with this universe. It was like a planet. I was like, this could be any planet. You know? What'd you think about their dynamic? Loved it. Sophia DiMartino did an amazing job you because like effectively you're asking her to, to play off Tom Hiddleston, but also be a version of Loki. So she has to give us stuff that we know Loki is as a character, but different enough. So it's just not like she's basically just acting like she's Tom. And it was beautiful. I think her anger at, at Loki, the whole thing was hilarious. 
the her being the straight man, she did a great job with that. And that's actually something that I think worked is that we're always seeing Loki as the straight man to like Thor. Like Thor's always doing some dumb shit or he's always being like this brute and Loki always has to be the smart guy. And in this episode, we get to see like a drunk Loki and a Loki who's like, who doesn't really care that much. And you have <laughs> Sylvie who's like, what are you, what are you doing? We have a job to do. Why are right. you getting drunk? It, my thing is like, every time I see Loki acting jolly, I have to remember that this is a Loki that only days or weeks or whatever it was before was trying to take over the whole world. It's just, I, I don't want to keep bringing people back to that, but this is, like, this character has had, like, a magnificent turn in these last <laughs> two episodes that he really has. He was, he was gaunt, he's sweaty, hair all over the place, killing fucking kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, killing, destroying New York City, and now it's like, my mother used to turn flowers into frogs for me. I'm like, really, dog? Like this you, is like, this it, is Thor Ragnarok Loki. If we want to be, if we want to be real, sure, yeah, we talked about it. We already talked about this, but like the way, the jolly way he just like goes through life. I'm like, this is not post Avengers Loki at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. So uh, Sylvie, this lady Loki is 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 simply a version of Loki for a different timeline, or is she Sylvie slash Enchantress, who is a creation or a child of Loki in the comic books? Right now, it's not clear if she's a variant or if she is the uh, Enchantress that we know from the books or if she is an amalgam. Amalgam. Man went to college. If she, <laughs> if she is an amalgam of, of those two characters, what do you think? Because it, it, it seems as if when they were sitting down and they were talking uh, in the train diner, she was basically giving him huge hints that she was the variant, right? See, I disagree because at a couple points, she keeps going, I'm not Loki, which seemed like she either doesn't like being defined that she's potentially a Loki variant or she might actually just not be Loki. What my prediction is, is that we keep going back to Loki's mother. Loki, we learned that Mo Loki's mother was the one who taught him how to do magic. He keeps going back to how she was pretty much the only one who loved him, who treated him right. My prediction, Charles's prediction, is what if Sylvie is a version of Loki's mother? If maybe there was another mm. Loki who was so upset that he learned that his mother died that he tried to make another version of her, a younger version of her. That's like that. That is where my galaxy brain is going. Okay. Where he created this person, whatever you want to call it, but maybe she's a clone or she's some type of magical representation of his mom. Yeah, it was interesting. That first of all, that's that brings into a whole different because like if they're having some sparks or something like that, then it's like. All of a sudden, what you're saying Wait, is... Wait, were they giving they, each other, like, fuck it out, like, fuck them on? Like a little bit. They were talking about, you know, she asked him if there was a prince or a princess that, that he had dated. He said a little bit of both, just so everybody knows that. Loki said it. Loki said a little bit of both. So there Yeah, you go. queer Loki. Yeah, yeah queer actor. Yeah. So, like, if that's the thing, if they were doing that, and then it's his mom, now we have the Pornhub version of... The MCU. A little Back to the Future vibes, you know? A little Back to the Future. Wait, I have a really quick question, Van. Sure. 
do you think you would be attracted to an alternate reality woman version of Van? Interesting question. Because <laughs> I'm right now, because I'm telling you what I'm thinking about. Right now, I'm kind of thick. So if she had that real thickness that I like, <laughs> if she had that thickness that I like, then maybe. Maybe, but also she'd be like super annoying though. Think about how annoying she would be. <laughs> like, think about it. I'll call her up. Like, uh, yo, girl, what's going on with you? How you doing? You know what I'm saying? Shit, I'm just over here watching Scott Pilgrim versus the world for the third time in a row and just trying to deconstruct it and re- watching it and reading it along with the comic books. What you doing? Man, I'm about to go. That's what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? I'm out, like, I'm out of here. Like, like no. Or maybe, would you, what about you, Charles? Would you be uh, attracted to the, the female version of Chuck? There's no way. I hate myself too. Like, like, <laughs> I hate myself too. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I grew up like I have a twin brother. So for my entire life, you have a twin I, brother. I have a twin brother. Looks like me. Like you have an identical twin brother. Yeah, he has dreadlocks now. But yes, an identical twin brother. Wow. Like you have a twin. Yes. What's that? That's crazy. What's his name? Barls. Damn. <laughs> Charles and Barles. Charles and Barles. But I will say, having grown up with like my reflection inches away from me at all times, sharing a bedroom, going to the same school, everything, I was like, oh, like this is terrible. Like this is like, I love my brother to death, but I- you're like an evil twin brother trying to kill your brother. That's crazy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, that's, my that's, brother that's... is the evil version. I'm the nice version. Oh, wow. Gotcha. That's nuts. That's nuts. All right. So, big reveal here is that we learn that uh, through Sylvie, be she Enchantress, be she Lady Loki, be whoever, that the TVA agents are actually variants. They're humans as well. Human variants, okay? Uh, Loki was under the impression that these people were created by the TVA. We learned that is not true. And this goes back to a scene that opens the the entire episode uh, where uh, Sylvie is enchanting Hunter C-20 and is trying to get information about the TVA from her. And this is happening in some time where she was just a regular human being. She informs Loki that that time had actually happened hundreds of years before, and that at some point she was just a girl that liked margaritas, but that now she is actually a variant that is working for the TVA, which makes you wonder if the people that work for the TVA are slaves which rounds out and opens up a plethora. I thought that was the most important thing that happened this episode. Yes. A plethora, a plethora <laughs> of potential conclusions about the TVA. Number one, anytime you think that somebody or you know that somebody is working against their will, automatically whatever is putting them up to work against their will can only be considered evil. doesn't matter why they're doing it. Before we get too deep in this, I have to ask a quick question. Sure. And I might have to tag in Jomi. Now. Oh, shit. The MVP of last week's episode, Jomi the Explainer. That's Jomi's name. Jomi the Explainer <laughs> is what we're going to call him. Palmdale's greatest. Shout out to Palmdale. So uh, Sylvie says, basically, that she has to go into um, this Minutemen's mind, find these memories. This woman really liked margaritas and really liked, like, chicken strips or whatever. But this is something that was, like, dug down for 100 years. A hundred years ago, where, when would that put us in our history? That's like early 1900s? Who? 
what? Where were black people getting margaritas and chicken strips? This this looked like a TGI TGI Fridays. I was like, is is like this a new construction? Like, is she like, is this like the two thousands? I think that calls into question the way time moves and where we really are on the timeline right now. I know that we're supposed to be, they're supposed to be on Lamentis right now, and I think what twenty seventy seven. Yes, I'm more so talking about when when we're going back and she's drink Sylvie's drinking margaritas. I know. What I'm saying is obviously that wasn't in 1917. Exactly. Obvious, obvious what, obviously, whatever point the TVA is at, it's it's way in front of that. Obviously, you can look at that. Number one, the the way they're dressed and all of that. I thought obviously she's talking about from a different point in time than where we currently are right now, uh, watching this and where they currently are right now in that thing. My my big question is like, when are these people from? Because if you're saying that like a lot of these people have been plucked and they've been here for hundreds of years, I'm just like, I just want to know like where in the timeline they're falling in love with this stuff. Because if this woman loves margaritas, but she's been at the TVA for hundreds of years, maybe the TVA is like, like years and years away. She also though was doing, was mesmerizing her. At what point was the rocks cart thing happening? Remember? Because yes. they were they were in Rock's cart, and that was way in the future. Mm-hmm. So being that they were way in the future from the Rock's cart thing, it could have been hundreds of years before that point, before that time. Yeah, because that that was actually a couple of hundred years into the future, if I remember. Like at what point did that happen? So when she said a hundred hundreds of years ago, they had just come from that time. So maybe she was saying hundreds of years in the past from that point that they were at when she was actually talking to her because that's when she met her. So she go, when she says, I had to go hundreds of years in the back uh, and back, he's talking about from the time that she actually came in contact with her. That makes a lot of sense. Let's bring in Jomi really quick. Jomi, yeah. do you have any, do you have any, uh, this is Timekeeper Corner. Do you have any, uh, anything to say about uh, all the time travel shenanigans in this episode? Are we, are we wrong about everything we just talked about? For Sylvie's point, she was only in her mind so while C20, you know, was imagining, I think it was somewhere in the 19, you know, 1970s, 1980s, she was still in 20, 2000 or 2050 in Alabama um, watching the screens. You see, they pan over to the screens and you see her watching Loki and Mobius enter the rocks con, the rocks cart. So there wasn't really much like shenanigans going on there, except for her, you know, trying to find how many people are guarding the timekeepers in C20's brain. Right, so she did. She never left. She never physically left 2050. No, I know she never physically left. I'm more so talking about when is that Minutemen from? If she had to go a hundred years back in her memory, like what what year in like the human world is this woman from? And by the way, they just said that Roscar was 2050, so it wasn't that far into the future. It it looked it looked real 80s. You know what I'm saying? With the with the cups, you know, the the drinks, the lighting, you know, it was real bright, real vibrant. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I guess 100 years is like give or take. You know what I'm saying? It's not exact. Right. But it could be, you know, the 1950s. I've, I've never seen the 1950s in that color. That wouldn't be the 1950s, guys. If I may That's jump in, Jomi, if, if I may, like if if we could presume that like thinking if Mobius could have possibly been extracted from the 90s based on his love of jet skis, if we look back to the time and clothing from when that margarita scene was happening, maybe late 80s, early 90s as well. If we were to presume yeah, that all, everybody was yeah. plucked from the early 80s, early 90s, the perception of time in the TVA works differently. They said that before. Yeah. It could feel like they've been there for hundreds of years when really they've been there for who knows. 
Exactly. Right. right. Makes a lot of sense. Steve, would you would you care to would you care to kind of comment on how you feel like slavery has <laughs> impacted <laughs> the Western world here? Would you do you think it had no influence? Okay, cool. Bye. Hey, to bring it back though, I have a theory. I've solved Loki. I've okay. figured it out. I've, I've heard about this. Let's show. go. Let's hear it. My big brain theory, right, is that the TVA is Kang's way of making sure that he rules in every single timeline. Not just one, not just two, but in every single timeline, right? Because we get the information from uh, Sylvie that these people are just variants plucked from different places, right? Different points in the timeline. And then, you know, shout out to Mao. She talks about this every week about how choice versus your destiny, you know, like is the timeline like that? And you start to think like, maybe like we're just, you know, set upon a path. And then with uh, Ravona Renslayer being, you know, the, the timekeepers, da da da. How she's the only one who talks to the timekeepers. How you know they have a set path and whatnot. I think what this is all coming up to is that the TVA is—they're the actual bad guys, and their whole job is to keep the timeline pure, so Kang can come in and rule every single one. Yeah. So I think that there's no doubt about the fact that the TVA are the bad guys. Like I said, the minute that you know somebody is working against their will, they're the bad guys. Doesn't matter. You can't ex- that having free will and agency and you know freedom to do whatever you want is the whole reason why superheroes fight. Superheroes fight so that people can. It's really aligned with what we say. What, the, what we're told the American ideal is, so people can have life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Do whatever they want as long as they don't hurt anybody. So the moment that we realize in this episode that. The these people are variants that are working for the TVA and they're doing it seemingly with no choice not to do it, we know that the TVA are the bad guys. The, the question then just becomes, to Jomi's point, is how are they the bad guys? And the second one, which Jomi just talked about, which is the why they are the bad guys. What is the TVA doing? And then, like, I start, it starts to jump out of my head right now is how are we going to figure out, or how more to the point is Mobius going to figure out that the TVA are the bad guys because I don't think he knows. No. Like, I, I, I don't think that that character is aware that he's working for the wrong side. Like, they, they've already given us some things to kind of glom onto him, some pieces of fat. He wants to have a jet ski. He's been plucked out in the 90s. He seems solemn and he seems duty-bound to something sad, right? To something that he doesn't quite understand. So the question is going to become, like, when is Mobius going to join forces with Loki and Sylvie to turn against the TVA. And I feel like that that's coming. And I, I don't know what Renslayer is going to, what, what role she's going to play in that. But the whole time I was thinking about this, I'm thinking about, hey, they're building an episode outside of Mobius so that he can come back into something and try to figure something out with new information. New information that Loki's going to give him that comes from obviously from Sylvie. Wait, so can I push back on the Kang stuff really quick? Okay, push back. I think Kang makes the most sense, but what we know from the Disney Plus shows, do you think that they would let Kang premiere in this when he's supposed to be an Ant-Man? And like we've been like, oh, is Doctor Strange going to be in WandaVision? Is blah, blah, blah going to be in this? And at each juncture, it's been like, uh, just kidding. And Jonathan Majors told Variety when asked if he was showing up, 
in Loki. He's going to be Kang in Ant-Man. He said, no idea what you're talking about. That That's not me saying Kang will not be in it. I'm just saying so far in the other shows we've had, every time we thought, oh, Doctor Strange or like, I don't know, like F- Mr. Fantastic has to show up. And then he's like, no, we, 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 were, we were lying. You know? <laughs> no, I think I talked to Arjuna about this this morning. Shout out to Arjuna. I think we'll just get a mention. We'll just like, we'll hear his name. But I don't think we're going to see Jonathan Majors. I think the shows are just a vehicle for the movies again. So we'll just, you know, we'll get a mention. You know, somebody will like whisper Kang and then we'll be like, <gasps> you know, Leo, Leo pointing meme. We know that. You know what I'm saying? But I yeah, can see it's that. Just, I fuck with that. I, I think it's really interesting because the sacred timeline, we know that there's multiple timelines. I think it's interesting. Like the sacred timeline is the one timeline in every timeline where Kang is ruler. That's what it is. That's why I'm ultimately sticking there. But at some point, though, they they do have to because Marvel's good about this to his to his point. Marvel's good about big bads. And I'm assuming that Kang would have to be a big, big bad here. Yes. I don't know how big of a bad, but you have to be a big bad. They're good about like with guys like Thanos. I don't know if he's going to be on the Thanos level, but introducing us to him before we actually kind of uh, see them or more to the point, letting us see their handiwork before we actually get to know them. So that actually makes a lot of sense. I do want to talk about something that we brushed, that we that we briefly talked about, but that then makes a lot of sense in this episode, which is Loki's being confirmed as bisexual in this episode. It's, it's very uh, matter-of-factly done, but it is a huge, huge moment in the history of the MCU. Um, yes. There was something that happened earlier this week. There's an NFL player named Carl Nassib that came out as gay. And what struck me about that was that this was a player that was already in the league and that had already had success. So this wasn't somebody that had retired or this wasn't someone that had um, that we were just getting to know. This is a guy who had proven himself to be a good NFL player, uh, has a $30 million contract, and that just changes things because that lets you, that changes the world. That lets people know that I don't know if you didn't think this that there were other gay players in the NFL right now, and a lot of guys right there who are trying to find reasons, not reasons, or ways to live their truth. It's almost kind of the same thing with Loki in a way, because Loki is a character, not a new character that they're introducing that you really don't know that well, mm-hmm. uh, not a character that afterwards we're speculating now that, that they're not in the MCU anymore. You know what I mean? It's a character that we've known and loved and been around for 10 plus years. Yeah, I think almost 13 at this point. 13, right? Because he you know, came in the first store. Um, 10 plus years, who is now, is, has, has confirmed that he is bisexual, that he is queer. I think that's actually a dramatic, sea-changing moment in the MCU. It's not that Loki is, is bisexual now. He's always been bisexual. So this character has always existed. And I think I thought it was pretty awesome. I thought it was pretty cool to see. To to show how starved I think uh, MCU fans were, Anthony Mackie put his whole goddamn foot in his mouth this week. Yeah, what a fucking come on. When Matt. like when basically people have been shipping Bucky and Falcon, and Anthony Mackie said some dumbass shit, but it it, it proves how I think underserved the queer community was in the MCU because they all they could do before this is ship characters because there were no gay characters or if they were 
Like, they were not marquee players. And Loki, being bisexual, is a big moment. I do agree. The one, I guess, bittersweet moment, I guess, is that we had to wait 13 years for it. And because it's so matter-of-fact, it appears and then it's gone. And are we ever going to see Loki in a relationship? Because the thing about this episode that we didn't talk about is it's all about love. And it's about Loki and Sylvie talking about what is love uh, to them, to the universe, all of these things. And now that we know Loki is bisexual, I think the next step that the MCU and Disney has to do, and they have to do this in everything, and Star Wars and everything, is that it's n- no longer, in my opinion, enough to show that there's queer characters or to say that there's queer characters it has to be something where we see it on screen. I think seeing that that relationship is really where the bread and butter is. I want to see Loki in a relationship just in the same way that we saw Tony and Pepper Potts in a relationship. That's what, to me, makes it adds even another layer. Is that fair or is that asking too much of them? I don't think that that's asking too much at all. I, I, I really don't. I think that the MCU has asked its audience, as we've gotten into here, the MCU has asked its audience to wrestle with, consider, parse apart, dive into all types of hyper-convoluted and complicated things. They always have. They've always asked us to get a little smarter. They've always asked us to view their world that they've created in a little bit different. Um, I think that it's time that the MCU tackled something that's as simple as love. And it's something that most of us can relate to in terms of loving someone and having been loved by someone and wanting the best for somebody and wanting to be around someone. And oftentimes in society, we overcomplicate that uh, by assuming that it's so much different from some of for some of us than it is for others of us. And if you can explain to me how five magical gemstones can come together and and control an entire universe. If you can explain to me the quantum realm and going back in time and timelines and sacred timelines, surely two men or two women loving each other is not too much uh, to put on the plate. Totally agree. I am all for that. But I thought it still was, like when he said it, it still did hit me like, damn, okay, we out here. I like that type of inclusion. I like that type of inclusion. I love the R word too, which is representation. I think what they did that was actually smart that I did like is that I think there is, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier did this a little bit too much, where it's like when you're making shows or movies, let's say about like blackness, a lot of times because it's such a weighty topic, everything around it ends up becoming about blackness when, like, humans are way more multifaceted than that. And in the same way with, like, anybody who's, like, queer, sexual orientation, trans, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, humans are not, are not their gender. Humans are not just their sexuality. Humans are so multifaceted. So to make it just another part of Loki's character is more true to life. And that's what I liked. It's like, it wasn't this big moment of like, guys, we finally did it. Everybody clap and cheer. Almost like, and do not kill me for this. When when uh, at the end of Endgame, like all of the women showed up and like we were supposed, everybody's like cheering. And it, it almost felt like at that point in the movie, like the Disney and MCU wanted to pat on the back and be like, see, we have a lot of women in this movie. And I'm like, all right, sure, cool. Like, 
Yeah, and? One of the worst scenes in Marvel history. Like, I know you felt this is a similar way where it's just like, it felt like they wanted to be congratulated for doing the bare minimum. Well, I mean, for me, it, those, all those women kick ass and it was, it's, it's cool. But by the way, I just want to say something. I, that's not to say that there weren't, I'm sure, ladies out there that watched that scene and felt really seen and appreciated. It's not for me. It's not for two dudes to kind of take away no, from that. Yeah, no, exactly. yeah, it, it's not. But I am saying that for me, I was just like, God damn, man. Like, they really, that was kind of ham-handed a little bit. But you let them would have put all the niggas on screen together at one time and been like, we got to go get this shit done. <laughs> like, you know, you, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, come on, man. So I do think I do think Loki handled it way better. Way where it was better. just like because it also does it does make you think of his character in a different way and think of like oh like okay now that it's confirmed I want to go back to some of the other movies and and stuff like that and just like let my mind wander. But this is what I I'm demanding of Kevin Feige. I'm demanding of the MCU is that like now that you've done this for Loki and I'm assuming in other shows we're going to get so much more representation is that do not shy away from showing it on screen. It's one thing to say that a character is queer, but it's like, yo, it's another thing to be like, yo, people are in love. People have partners. It's not a big thing, but like, let's see it on screen. It's fine. Like, (laughs) that's what I want for the future of Loki if Tom continues to do this because it's cool that he's queer, but we've never seen him in a relationship. And maybe that's what we're going to see for the rest of Loki is like, what does Loki in a relationship or loving somebody look like? True. Very true. So we are at the midway point in this season. We're about to get out of here pretty soon. But I just want to ask you this last question. They always do this. They always get to a point to where I'm like, is there any way for us to wrap this up? Is there any way for us to get through this? Is there any way for us to understand? Are you right now, do you have more questions than answers uh, for the series of Loki right now? Is there anything right now definitively that you feel like you know? I don't. And it's very funny that WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, to me, all have this same problem where we get to the halfway point and we're like, all right, y'all built up the mystery but you only got like three or so episodes more <laughs> to like to figure it out and to stick the landing. And so far they have not done it. And I'm intrigued. Like Loki has me intrigued. I care about the characters. I care about the world, but I'm still like, I do not like the clock is running down and y'all are down by 20. I don't know if you can bring this home. Right. I, I think they can bring it home. I think there's going to be a lot that happens uh, in the next couple of weeks and in, in the next few weeks. But I just, they always do this. They, they always leave me to where I'm like, God damn, really? It's only three episodes left. How are they going to get through all of this? But that just means they have to make three episodes of the most consequential television that they've made. Or it means, it could mean the other thing, that just not as much is going to happen as we think is going to happen. Period. And if that were the case, we've been there too. You know, and you know what I mean? That just not as much is going to happen as we think is going to happen, that these things are all simpler than we think they are, that we're not going to see Mephisto canoodling with Sue Storm and that Kang won't make any type of, and there's all, that everything that we've seen and everything that we've posited, everything that that is just the, the, the words on the screen, the lines that are being given are what they are. And if that's the case, there's, myriad ways that the whole thing can end. 
the MCU, the MCU TV shows have gotten me one too many times. So like anytime we bring up Kang, that's in my heart what I'm wishing for. But like I've been through this before. Like I've like y'all have told me we're getting Mephisto and Reed Richards and we were and, and we were in Madripoor and the mutants are coming and there's Sentinels and all this shit. And I'm just like, these TV shows have like broken my little nerd heart so many times. I'm like, maybe, maybe this is just a vibe show. Maybe the next three episodes are just them vibing together and talking about time traveling. And then they like wrap it up in the last episode. I'm like, all right, cool. That was cool. We spent six weeks with this. I'm happy. That's honestly, I'm more so thinking that it's going to be more like that, where it's like none of the things we're predicting are going to happen. And it's just going to be like by the end we're like, oh, all right, cool. Uh, the We knew that the TVA was evil. Loki and Lady Loki figure out how to take it down. And Mobius does some cool stuff in between. And that might be all we get. We'll see. I'm looking forward to the return of Mobius in the next episode. He was sorely missing this episode. Good, not great episode of television. You got anything else for him, Charles, before we get out of here? Ooh, wait. Did we tell everybody that we have a special we have a special pod coming for them? No, this is what I got to do right here. Yeah, is follow us on Ringiverse on Facebook, IG, and Twitter. Follow and share the show. Make sure you check in with Mallory Rubin on Friday. She's going to have a deeper dive. I don't know if it can get much deeper than what we just did, but God damn it, because we are all over the place. But if it can, Mal will do it, and I know that she will. Uh, we have a special episode, okay? Monday coming. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about one of the most important movies of all time, one of the biggest, most exciting, spine tingling, action packed, completely grounded, serious movies of all time. That's Fast Nine. Fast Nine. We're gonna give you a bonus episode of the Midnight Boys. Uh, me and Kalika are going to see it on Saturday. Okay, Charles, when are you seeing the movie? I already saw it. <gasps> I already saw it. I'm not spoiling it. Or maybe I will because you came to New York and ducked me. You ducked your midnight. Wow. The midnight. Wow. wow. I'm going to spoil it. You saw Fast 9. You enjoyed it. Did I enjoy it? It was a life-changing experience, man. Okay. Well, don't, 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 wait. You got to wait. You got to wait. Wait, you're seeing it on Sunday? I'm seeing it on Saturday. Ooh, all right. Friday night, I'm uh-huh. going to get a text ready and spoil it right before you go into the <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. All right, well, we were joined today, or always, should I say, uh, by Jomi Aldinaron and Steve Almond, our producers today. And when I say we couldn't make this show without them, <laughs> we'd be fucked. Yeah, yeah, it'd be bad. <laughs> it'd be bad. They save us a lot. Right, right. We'd be, we'd be fucked. We'd be fucked. This is a reaction show, so shout out to those guys. Those are our producers today. We love them. What are you going to say, Charles? All right, before we go, you can cut this in wherever, Steve. What do you have against Magic Fan? You've never seen the Harry Potter films or read the books. Yeah. Why? I don't like that demonic shit. So you'll watch Loki, mm-hmm. which is about a, the god of mischief, a magical being. Not really. But you will not read or watch Harry Potter films. It's different. How is it different? So the fact that Loki is a god <coughs> in, in Norse mythology, right, means that the powers that Loki has actually come from his ability to like reign over stuff because he's a god. He's a god like powers. We're talking about like uh, other gods from other places like uh, Zeus and, uh, you know, even some of the gods in Egypt and all of that. You, those are different people's interpretation of gods and godliness. These are people that some people worshiped at the time. That's their religion, basically. Sometimes with the wizards and shit like that, 
all of this magical shit. You just you, you're getting it. You're deriving it from some demonic shit. Wait, what is your what is your religion? Your denomination? I'm a Jesus guy. You're you're a Christian, okay? Yeah. yeah. So you are all right watching a show about a Norse god, mm-hmm. but draw the line at a boy mm-hmm. wizard. I just don't like him. If we're being honest, it really has nothing to do with any of that shit I just said. I'm just always good for a good argument. I just don't fuck with that little nigga. I don't fuck with Harry Potter. <laughs> and, by the, and, by, and, and by the way, and by the way, if we're being honest, I'm right. Because all of you Harry Potter motherfuckers have supported Harry Potter, made that woman a billionaire. And she is basically Donald Trump. It's bad. It's bad out here for JK. And she, you know what? She's a bad wizard. See, the people I support, they good. George Lucas, adopt everybody, married to a black lady, good. Fuck you, J.K. Rowling. All right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Charles, you got an outro for us? The Midnight Boys are back. We're in the gym getting hotter. Van doesn't like magic. And he definitely doesn't fuck with Harry Potter. (laughs) Every week, you fucking... This guy's an impressive guy. (laughs) We out. I have one quick question for Steve. I have one quick question for Steve. Yes. What would you do if you could go back in time? Where would you go? And what would you do? To any time? Yes. I think we know. Oh, man. I'd want to go back to... (laughs) The first thing that's coming to mind is like, watch the Titanic sink. Mm. That seems like an amazing thing to see. Steve, the correct answer, I was trying to save you, is that you would go back and you would free the slaves. But... Wow. (laughs) But you didn't want to do that. God Steve, damn wow. it. Steve didn't want to do that. Well, well, not only not only did Steve not want to go back and free the slaves, Steve wants to go back and watch people die. You sick bastard. That's tough. Like, so that's, that's your tough. new nickname. That's your new nickname. We got the nicknames to figure out. We got Jomi the Explainer and Sick Steve. Jesus, you sick son of a bitch. I really did fuck that one up. I really you did. You did. He didn't say kill Hitler. He didn't say free the slaves. He He said, I want to watch people die on the Titanic. Crazy.